Uh, 4.13, 13 minutes after 4 o'clock. Shifting gears a little bit, but kind of on the same, uh, everything seems to be kind of on the same uh, on the same tack, if you will. Why and How Texas Will Leave the Union by Daniel Miller. Texit. Joining us now on KNSI's Ox in the afternoon. Hello, sir. Hey, good afternoon. Good to have you on. Thanks for having me. Hey, are you, uh, are, where are you now? Are you in Texas? Are you a Texan? Well, absolutely. I'm a sixth-generation Texan, and i got to tell you, I almost bristled at the, the comparison to Maxine Waters. <laughs> that, that makes me a little nervous. <laughs> Sorry about that. I don't mean to make That's you nervous. Okay. Uh, so where, where at in Texas? I know it's a big place. There are lots of regions. Yeah, southeast Texas, uh, just outside of Houston to the east. Oh, is that uh, Louis Gohmert territory? Nope, nope, that's north, but uh, interesting Louis Gohmert story. I'm originally from northeast Texas, up around the Tyler Longview area, and he and I used to uh, used to eat tamales and enchiladas in the same restaurant all the time when he was a judge, so ah. I was very familiar with him before his run. Oh, what a hoot. That's awesome. Uh, well, very good. Well, uh, so, so I want to get right in and talk about your book, if I can. Um, sure. And I'm not sure how long the book has been out, but just the concept in and of itself is huge. I've been following this idea for quite some time. And um, one of these days, uh, Dan, and didn't I forget, did you guys pass a law or did you try to forward a resolution legislatively to actually explore um, uh, splitting from the union? Yeah, you know, one of the uh, one of the things that we did through the the Texas Nationalist Movement, which is the organization that I'm uh, the president of, is we have been obviously working to to get this on the ballot for a Brexit style vote here in Texas, and, and we've been doing it for about four legislative cycles now. Uh, but one of the things, uh, one of the tactics that we use to really bring this into the, uh, you know, bring the discussion to the mainstream, short of actually having a, a binding referendum on the issue, was uh, we we worked to through a, a little known provision inside the Texas Election Code to get this on the Republican primary ballot. And uh, you know, it was it was interesting because two years ago, when the Republican State Convention was held, uh, prior to that, for about a year and a half, the the chairman of the Republican Party here in Texas at the time was just, you know, he was just trashing up, trashing us up one side and down the other in the media. And so we made a promise to him. We said, look, here, here's what's going to happen. Uh, we're going to prove to you that there are Republicans inside the Republican Party that believe that Texas should become an independent nation, and we're going to show you absolutely how many of those there are. There will be a floor fight. So two years ago, we forced a glorified on the issue with a 45-minute public debate in front of the media. And, uh, you know, he was he was flabbergasted when over half of the delegates stood up in favor of it. But, you know, he pulled his establishment tactic, and, and uh, they wound up not adding the call for the vote to the platform. But mm. that's neither here nor there. Our point was proven. Yeah, support's out there. I mean, this is real. Yeah, it is. And, you know, one of the things that really drives it home and, and why we had the confidence to to put it to that sort of very public test was back in 2014, uh, during the time of the, the Scottish independence referendum, uh, Reuters decided that they wanted to poll similar sentiments uh, here among the states. And, of course, when they when they 
announce the results, they do what a lot of these polling companies do, and they try to, to bury the, the real impact of the polls if it doesn't fit sort of the mainstream narrative. And one of the most shocking results was when you took the data and you drilled down and you looked at what the response was here in Texas, it was 54% Republicans, just right at half of independent voters, and even 35% of Democrats believe that Texas should go ahead and leave the union as oh. a self-governing independent nation state. So wow. that's why we had the confidence to do what we did at that 2016 convention. Wow. I knew it was polling high, but I didn't realize that high. And and can I can I just, you know, we I, I keep bringing this back as a comparison, but, uh, you know, we had Jesse Ventura as our governor a while back. And uh, I believe the the way the way he ended up winning is that come election day, more and more people actually believed that he could win, and they voted for him. Who otherwise would have maybe supported him, but would have voted for one of the other guys just because they they didn't want to waste their vote. So with that kind of a, of a poll, I got to think there are probably lots others in there uh, that voted the other way, just thinking that it was a crazy notion, and that well, I might feel this way, but nobody else will, so I'm just going to say no. I don't want to secede. Well, I'll tell you one of the biggest uh, one of the biggest issues, one of the biggest impediments to actually getting this on the ballot. Strangely enough, is not you know some recalcitrance from the legislators, although we do get some pushback and some debt on opposition. But it's it's the fact that for some reason probably due to a, a lot of the sort of mainstream media debate on this issue being very narrowly focused and a lot of misinformation out there, people feel like, that support this, still feel like they're an insignificant minority. And, you know, one of the reasons that I wrote Texit was so that our folks out there who were advocating for this could, could point to these, to these things that probably were not seen in the mainstream media but are all sourced, uh, that, that actually show what the support for Texas is. And, and at a very minimum, for those people who don't uh, support it or who are uh, really on the bubble about it, to, to give them, to, to essentially elevate the debate. You know, what, what we've been subjected to on this particular issue for now, you know, 20-plus years that I've done this, is the federal government will step outside of its box. And here in Texas, Everybody starts shouting secede, and they start putting bumper stickers on the backs of their trucks. And then the opposition comes out in the mainstream media, and they grab some third-rate adjunct professor from Bug Tussle Community College to come out and say, well, you can't do that. And suddenly, you know, it's supposedly all settled, and that's what the debate has been reduced to. So it was time to really take this debate, put some really hard facts on it, and, and show conclusively that, first off, Texas would be better off as an independent nation. And if we choose to do that, how that would work and what it would potentially look like on the other side of it. Yeah, what do you guys get out of uh, being a, a member of the United States? Uh, you know, that's a question for the opposition to answer. <laughs> but, uh, you, know, uh, you know, that's one of the things we, te- you know, we tell people is, look, if, if Texas were independent right now, and frankly this applies to just about every state, but if Texas were independent right now, and, and the federal government came knocking on the door and had to make the, the fuller brush salesman sales pitch for us to join the union, what would that pitch be? I mean, would it be the $21 trillion plus dollars worth of debt, or would it be the fact that they're going to ask us to overpay anywhere from 100 to $160 billion every single solitary year into the federal system, money that we'll never see back? 
or is it the you know the fact that we'll be governed by 180,000 pages of federal laws, rules, and regulations administered by 440 separate bureaucratic agencies and two and a half million unelected bureaucrats? I mean, what is their selling point? I can show conclusively that Texas will be better off as an independent nation, but the opposition cannot prove why we should stay. Yes. Uh, Daniel Miller, our guest, he is the head of the Texas Nationalist Movement. The, the website, tnm.me? That's correct. tnm.me. Uh, this is worth uh, checking out. And Texit is the book, a Why and How Texas Will Leave the Union. The old days, uh, we saw what happened the uh, um, you know the union went to went to war. There was a there was actual you know conflict. Uh, shoot 'em up war, obviously known as the Civil War. Are those days over? Are, are you thinking that this is more of a of a of a technical bureaucratic uh, secession, or are you uh, looking at a possible military conflict here? Yeah, I go actually dive in the book. I dive into that because it, it seems like the opposition really is stuck in the past. Uh, those people who are vehemently opposed to this seem to think that they woke up this morning and the calendar said 1861. I mean, that's how they behave. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, and so, you know, what we've got here, what I show in the book is, is why it's impractical for the United States to do that. Uh, for example, you have nearly half of active-duty military, as polled by Zogby, uh, saying that they believe that a state has an absolute right to leave the Union if they so choose. Uh, so that makes it on par with freedom of religion, freedom of speech, right to keep and bear arms, things of that nature. So, you know, you've got the, the impracticality when you have half of your military who would very likely refuse an order to invade a state that peacefully went to the polls mm -hmm. and voted to leave the union. Mm. But, but second, you've got plenty, you've got decades upon decades of, of foreign policy precedent where the United States has gone over and sent our young men and women to shed their blood for the right of self-determination for people in other countries. And so, you know, when you have 70-plus years of, of that type of foreign policy on the world stage, how could the United States justify the execution of military force against any state that voted within the framework of the law to reclaim their right of self-government. So it, it is impractical on so many levels, and, and yep. we're not looking to refight 1861. We're just looking to embrace the 21st century. I'm telling you, man. I think it's. I do believe it is the way of the future. I really, really do. I've been. I've been realizing this ever since I heard of your efforts uh, down there years ago. Um, and if it was, if you guys pull it off, uh, other states are going to be looking at it too. And it's only fitting that Texas would be the the first one out of the shoot on this deal. Can you take a call from a from a listener, uh, Daniel? Absolutely. Okay, hold on. I got Randy on. Uh, Randy, welcome to KNSI's Ox in the afternoon. You're on with Daniel Miller. Hey, good afternoon, and thank you, Daniel, for taking my call. Uh, I just had a quick question. I understand the whole secession thing and the argument with the federal government. Uh, I'm sure North Dakota would like to secede too. But uh, what happens w when Mexico decides to send a military over your border? Uh, who do you call then? Ah, good question. Yeah, well, Daniel? Yeah, let, let me go ahead and, and kind of put that one to rest because it is a, it is a common question. First, I'm going to let Randy. I'm going to let you go just to clear the phone oh, no, lines. No, that's here. fine. And thank you very much, Tom. Okay, thanks for the question. Yeah, just kind of cleared up a little bit. Uh, go ahead, Daniel. Thank you. Yeah, so something that most people don't realize is that Texas actually currently has its own military, and and so you've got 
you've got plenty of uh, ag- you've got plenty of military service personnel that actually are part of what's called the Texas State Guard. Uh, so one of the things that I talk about in the book is that transition to national defense. You know how how it would look migrating from being a state of the union to being an independent self-governing nation. So you know first and foremost, I, I don't think anyone ever would be stupid enough to invade a state where uh, there's an average of of eight weapons for every man, woman, and child on the soil. Um, <laughs> right. But, and, but, you know, the, the other part of this is just because we're no longer part of a political and economic union with the United States doesn't mean that we don't share uh, national security and defense concerns. And, and there is precedent for this. Okay. Uh, you know, for, for example, you know, the United States is part of, of NATO and as a member of the North Atlantic Treaty Organization, no one would ever say that France or Germany or the U.K. would have to be a, in a, pol- a total political and economic union to address common defense concerns. So, you know, I talk about that in, in a good bit of depth in the book. Article 5. Uh, I think it, yeah, I think it, I think it answers that particular question. Yeah, yeah, Article 5, right? That's the whole deal. Um, well, Daniel, gee whiz, I'd love to talk more. Let's do it again. I appreciate uh, you uh, uh, talking to us. Uh, the website, again, is, uh, hold on, right, uh, TNM, the Texas Nationalist Movement, dot M-E, and uh, also uh, Texit, <laughs> uh, great name of the book. I think you're an inspiration, Daniel. Uh, we'll be following this, certainly, and love to have you on again. Sounds great. Thank you so much for your time today. All right. Our pleasure. Um, wow. Great, great concept. A lot of iron in Texas, right? <laughs> yeah, there is. <laughs> this is K and the size ox in the afternoon.